You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday evening by Zen Caster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, the week started out great for the Islanders. Ended with a bit of a thud, but I think all things considered, uh, they're in a better place than they were a couple weeks ago. And uh, the uh, roller coaster ride continues. But as always, uh, our division rivals are making things much more difficult than they need to be. Uh, but uh, all things considered, I, I think they're they're in a pretty okay spot right now, although that might change by the end of next week. Yeah, it's, they're, they're definitely in a good spot compared to where I thought they would be. You know, I was very much on the just give me a couple meaningful games in March right. bandwagon for most of the winter, right? Like from mm. Thanksgiving on and uh, they've done that. And now it's, you know they're in the thick of a playoff race. Grateful for that. The one thing that is ch- just chewing at my insides <laughs> is the way that the schedule has just Ugh, unraveled yeah. for this right. team. And there's no conspiracy theory here or anything like that. I, my conspiracy theory, I think I've said before, is that the Islanders get their schedule made last of every team in the NHL. Um, and that's why there's always kind of some wonkiness and, uh, the NHL's like, well, if the, maybe we'll just not make the Islanders play this year. And if we do, they'll, they'll play these 82 games at these 82 spots, but, <laughs> it is, but um, it, I mean, it's just, there's so many like weird anomalies and we'll talk about one in particular that really at the end of the season shouldn't be happening. Uh, but we'll get to in a minute, but 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Again, we talked about this last week. Everybody's all of a sudden like, oh, how come the Islanders have played more games than anybody else? Dude, I don't know. Like, why? We didn't ask for them to play four yeah. games a week for two months. Like, what are you talking about? But, yeah, there's definitely some shenanigans going on with the Islanders' schedule, particularly this season. <laughs> and what, be, I like that people finally noticed it. Like, right. no, we've, we've been talking about this, like the Islanders <laughs> playing this kind of jam-packed schedule for, for a couple weeks on this show, or for a couple months, I should say. And we kind of just doing schedule math around the, the teams around them we kind of all surmise like nobody's catching up to them until like right. late march and that that's going to continue here um and what it's doing is it's kind of making like even when they they won those that game against buffalo uh, and it was, what a famous win that was we talked about sing, signature losses this season uh and and the lack of signature wins and boy have they flipped that script because they've given us a, <laughs> a few since I said that and the the win against Pittsburgh was just I mean could man mm. I, if I could have that win for dinner every night I would and <laughs> uh and and you and you you win those games and then you flip open this first reaction of course is like you flip open the schedule or the standings to see where everyone is. And it's like, they've taken games away from some of these teams. It feels like a, a little <laughs> bit, right? Like I, I, I was, I was like, did the Penguins play last night and the Panthers mm. and how are they still this far behind uh, the Islanders? And, and, and it, it, it doesn't take away from the wins, but it gives you more, it's more, it guards your optimism a little bit more than anything. Right. Cause you're like, well, you know, like you do, they, I would much rather be in the situation that the Islanders are in, but at the same time, it's just annoying that to see yeah. that they have these games, these other teams have the games in hand and whatever. But um, it just makes me re lament losses from earlier in this season that they couldn't buy a win. You know, like yeah. <laughs> or you see that that what is it like the twelfth column in the standings, zero and five in a shootout. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you, you look at that and you're like, God damn it! If only yeah. they had won one out of six or one out of right. five, whatever it would be. Uh, you know how much better would we feel and. They scored a goal in a shootout. Something would have been like, "Oh, that's great." And yeah, now the schedule throws us for another loop, which is, Mm. man, I could have sworn the Islanders already played the the Kings, Sharks, and Ducks on a West Coast trip in (laughs) in like early November when they usually do. I mean, I feel like I feel like the NHL patterns out its schedules. Every schedule is different every year. But it follows similar patterns. And to me, the Islanders are always a team that does the California swing relatively early in this season. Mm. I remember Robin Leonard, I think his first win as an Islander or mm. close to it, or maybe his first shutout was was against the Sharks on the road. Um, and when when you – I've talked a lot about how I like the West Coast trip as a fan. Um, mm. yeah. But you know, my life has, has changed since that. <laughs> you know, I've had a kid and whatever. and um, so like I'm when 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 you're in a certain part of society, that's the thing. Like everyone's in different parts of society. Like when you are on an airplane, you are in a society with 200 other people on an airplane. Like that's your society for the next four hours, and you owe it to those people to behave. Um, where I am at in society is you know just have a, a one year old at home, so I need to make sure I'm on the ball for her. Mm. But at the same time, I also have to make sure I'm on the ball for the Islanders. Right. And uh, so this this. I've been like ramping up to this West Coast swing, knowing it's coming. Well, the Saturday, the 10, the Saturday 1030 game is great. 
because it's like yes, it's just Sunday the next day. But the, the back, back to back, the back to back, brutal, just brutal. Right. It's been hanging over my head, <laughs> and just thinking about how. So like, like I was saying, like you're you're part of society, but I wish I could just, you know, they, right, kind of like when you're you're not feeling well uh, and stuff, then people at work pick up your slack or whatever. Yeah, I feel like when when you're an East Coast team and your team, especially if it's huge games, are going out west. Yeah. You know, the rest of society should just be like, oh, yeah, no, Mike, Mike's not going to he's not yeah. going to be around. We're going to drop his groceries off for him because the <laughs> Islanders and Kings played last night at 1030. And yeah, yeah. He, they he, should they should bake those in to your work like off time, like your PTO, yeah. you know, so it's like you got vacation time, you got personal days, you got like bereavement days, voting, you know, you could take the day. They should add in like a West Coast or, or East Coast. too. Well, I guess it doesn't really work that way for West Coast teams. But like we here in the East should get a West right. Coast exemption. Oh, I don't have to work today, or I can take a half day because the Islanders are playing Anaheim Ducks, and I got to be up right. to watch it. You know? And it's March. It's not. We're not right. talking about October eighteenth, right? It's yeah. March. This is the Islanders are in a playoff race, right. and they have to beat two terrible teams out west. Yeah, well past everybody's bedtime. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah, like I definitely can't remember a time when the Islanders were out in. Uh, in California during a playoff chain, like, like during this time of year, like you said, it's, it's always, it always feels like it, Thanksgiving. The latest is always kind of around the time when they go out there. And it always feels like they, the, it, those trips always come up after they've built up some momentum. Like they've won two or three games in a row. It's like, Oh, maybe they're turning it around. Oh, but now they got that West coast trip. And then they always drop two out of three. And it's like, Oh shit. Now, now we come back and well, hopefully they can regain that, that momentum again. I don't know. Yeah. But. And yeah. and one of the one of the most famous ones that sticks in my mind, and it was an early, definitely yeah. was the early, in the year because it was they opened the season. Yeah, they opened the season. Um, oh six, oh seven, one of our favorite seasons ever, <laughs> in Phoenix. Uh, and mm. they lost the Coyotes. I think they went down like five one really early in that game or something. They kind of fought back a little bit, and uh, and then they played San Jose uh, and. LA and the Islanders were 0 3. I remember just being like, the season's <laughs> over. Like, I can't believe the season's over. And, and, um, and then they beat, so they beat Anaheim, I think, in a shootout, like a crazy shootout. I mm. uh, came home and, and started to like stabilize a little bit later. But yeah, but that's, that's the West Coast trip to me for the Islanders is this, mm. is like the early season. Let the, it's like almost an extended preseason in a way. You want to see <laughs> Miro Shatan get his first goal of the season out of the way and guys like that. And, uh, people mm. kind of just get get their legs under them. Yeah, this one is it's scary because, like you said, like they they they're in such a good spot. Mm. But my God, and 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 I'm not trying to be a doomer at all. Like, but the 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 fact that the Islanders go zero and three on this road trip, having the season die on the vine out west after <laughs> all we've just been through would absolutely kill me. Like like an, a. a that if they had to fly back from San Jose on Saturday mm. on, on an 0-3, like just played terrible, whatever, didn't get a point, everyone else around him did, like that is all I've been thinking about is yeah. that all this hard work for the p- possibility that the Islanders go out, w- lose everything, that all the goodwill that they've built up the past mm. few weeks on the yeah. goddamn California swing <laughs> when two of the, two of the te- three teams are terrible. Yeah. Uh, well, let's not get too ahead of ourselves here because the Islanders and listen, they've had I mean, I don't even want to go back and listen to what we've talked about earlier this season because some of them has been very much doom and gloom. And, and I've I've been the source of a lot of that myself. But 
let's give the Islanders credit. Like they, they over the last couple of weeks, and again, we'll get to the thud in, in a few minutes, but like over the last couple of weeks, they've really put together a, a string of wins that were really, really important. And this week was really no different. Um, three games to go back and look at. One was the three, two win over Buffalo on Tuesday. Definitely a signature win. You're hundred percent right of the season. We'll look at that more in depth in a second. Then there was the four, three overtime win in Pittsburgh, which was just exhilarating and, hilarious and exciting and devastating for the Penguins, although uh, their reaction to it uh, left me a little bit disappointed. And then the thud was Saturday's 5-1 loss to Washington. They never really played all that well. For whatever reason, the Caps always always play well against the Islanders. And, you know, even when it's like a bunch of guys who are like, who? Um, the Caps look like the Caps. They look like a very well-coached team and came out and did their thing, although we did get our first Islanders goal by Large Pierre. Uh, kind of, he got credit for the goal, although it went off a Caps defender skate. But let's let's we'll park that for a second. We'll talk about the two wins. The game against Buffalo was a signature win for sure. Um, it was you know zero zero through one. We'll talk about the reaction to that in a second. But then second and third periods were much more open. Uh, the Sabers led, open the scoring, but then it was Sazikis from Fashing, then it was Fashing, then it uh, and Horvat hitting posts, and then uh, they kind of just uh had a bunch of chances it just didn't score but then josh bailey scores and Paloposo ties it but then fashing gets the now infamous uh deflection off of his leg buffalo wants an investigation they want fashing thrown out of the league obviously this was his plan all along to get drafted by the sabers developed by the sabers traded by the sabers traded by another team ended up in an islander and then you know have turn his leg so that game winning puck is launched off of his leg and behind the goalie and uh whatever uh they played really well defensively in the third period the islanders sorokin was great he made 22 saves um uka pekka lukanen made 36 the islanders are really really good in this game like don't let the um the kind of back and forth nature and the silliness of that that deflection distract from the fact that they played really well they they outshot the savers 39 24 and uh were very solid but that fashion goal, I think, is going to live in a lot of Sabres fans' minds for a long time because they did not have a very good week. They went in as everybody's like wild card darling. Look at these guys. They got all the momentum. They're young. They're fast. This is great. They lost to the Oilers on Monday. They lost to the Islanders on Tuesday. They got their asses handed to them by Dallas on Thursday. And then I think they lost an overtime to somebody on... To the Rangers. To the Rangers. Yeah, okay. They lost to the Rangers on Saturday. Um, yeah, so the Sabres, I don't want to say they're done, but... I mean, they went from this is this is them. This is they got all the games in hand. They got all the momentum. This is their time to being like, well, I guess we'll see you guys next year. Like that, <laughs> brutal. Uh, so how did you uh, see this uh, this very signature win on uh, Tuesday? Yeah, great, great time to be at the game uh, in the building. A mm. um, lot to talk about about just how good that crowd was. I had. A guy behind me, about three rows behind me. I think he was German, uh, just shouting the whole time, <laughs> shouting at the refs, screaming. And all I was thinking when when Dylan Cousins scored, it felt like one of those games where you just can't picture the Islanders scoring. Hmm. Um, and I was like, man, if this guy who I'm I'm making up in my head that he just flew over to Ger- from Germany to go to this game and hmm. s- spent this money to come for a trip of a lifetime to see his beloved Islanders and they don't score for him in, in, in what is essentially a playoff game. I'm going right. to, and by the time that thought was finished, uh, Sezikis and Fashing combined <laughs> for their first goal. And uh, 
the lid blew off the place and in a in both it the volume uh and also you could feel the tension kind of release and um even when Oposo scored it felt the Islanders just felt like okay this this team's going to kind of keep coming in waves and mm. hopefully they they can solve this goalie and they did and we've been in that situation before we've been where the Sabres and their fans have been like where you're this is your season where you're maybe making a little bit of a charge and mm. Only difference is like everybody's rooting for them. I don't know if we've ever had a season where <laughs> no, <laughs> we were that, and, and we Absolutely were this, not. that. We were the darlings, like mm. uh, of the of a playoff chase, uh, and uh, you you kind of know in your heart of hearts like how it ends. Like you know, just one bounce going against us can ruin everything, and it did. Uh, mm. And I will say, like if I was in their shoes, I would be livid too. I would be like, you know, woe is me, but. When you root for a team like the Islanders or you root for a team like the Sabres, that's part of why you do it is to the self-pity that you get to feel when Hudson mm-hmm. fashing shin pads one in uh, right. after uh, you know a, a game where the Islanders deserve to win yeah. as, as well. Nobody, nobody mentions that, by the way. Like, <laughs> I thought it was funny that the next morning I was like, man, I think that the Islanders, like, people are going to talk about how well they played. Uh, and like they're starting to kind of come together here. No Matt Barzell, no JG Pajot, and they're starting to really show their form. And uh, no, mm. not a not a nope. whisper of that stuff. It's a lot of talk about you know whatever's going on with the Calgary Flames, uh, and, <laughs> and and then uh, the fashings. Any any talk about the Islanders was uh, all about the the mm. shin pad, and uh, mm. and that's about it. Well, Elliot Friedman said that the Islanders should start off sort of behind, well, he said this after the Penguins game, but he said that, you know, the Islanders, they react to adversity. And so they should start out with something terrible happening in in the first part of the season. And then they'll go like 50 and 0. And I felt like saying, uh, Fridge, we saw that last year. And they did (laughs) not, in fact, go 50 and 0. So I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, They seem to be showing it this year, which is great, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But uh, yeah. yeah. And and there there was also a, a moment that's not tangible in that game, but it happened. And I know it. It, it felt I felt it throughout the entire Islander country, honestly, because because the Islanders were getting made fun of by a terrible broadcast on ESPN. I I, I actually yeah. watched came home and um, when I was on the bike, I was like watching the, the broadcast because I wanted to watch like the last 10 minutes because it was so great and wanted to live it again. And um, I mean, the broadcast, we know how terrible they are. And uh, they got made fun of by Sue Ben and, and, and Ryan Callahan uh, yeah. of all people. and um, you're as when that stuff i think that stuff kind of came out in like the first or second intermission whenever it did and then uh of course that was they were just parrot they were trying to like be part of the cool club that makes fun of the islanders for for being boring and uh when if 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 you just go back and listen to this podcast or and and ever any islanders kind of podcast where you know they're not just writing about oh they're not covering the team with with luminate illuminate thoughts like Oh, the Islanders are really good because their goalie's good. Mm. Yeah, we know that. Uh, <laughs> but what about the other stuff you could kind of maybe uncover here? But um, the uh, like, if if you if you paid attention to this team, and once again, I'll say I don't blame anyone for not for a long time because the Islanders were were pretty relevant for a good little while there. Uh, but there's been a lot of stuff that's just it's this team's just been all over the map with its play and mm. they were playing crazy games all season like they had all these comebacks and they had 
you know, they'd, they'd win three in a row and then just completely be a different team. They'd have a great period and, and they were all over the map. So it wasn't this, 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 this version of the Islanders hmm. just showed up about a fortnight ago. <laughs> right. Right. Like it's not been yeah. like this. And, no. and, and then when that stuff kind of to see, started to seep through the crowd, and like I said, there was a moment and I can't pinpoint it exactly, but you felt it. The entire Islander fan base kind of was just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just galvanize. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back to it. We spent all summer talking about how we wanted to play a more offensive, easy on the eye style. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Bag all that shit. Like, we're <laughs> just going to be the Islanders. We're going to be who we're supposed to be. And there was a play where Alex Romanov got the red line, mm-hmm. dumped the puck in. It was off of a a, a good shift by the Nelson line, I believe. Yeah. And uh, the puck came to like Owen Power, who who just like kind of had that look that we saw against the Penguins and the Bruins in that uh, playoff run where Owen Power just kind of looked slumped because he's just like, oh, God, I just got to get this puck out <laughs> any way possible. So he does. Puck goes to Alex Romanov, gets the red line. The crowd goes wild as yeah. he dumps the puck deep. Just like uh, we're mm-hmm. cheering these dump ins, we're cheering the non icing calls. Like we're back to being who we're supposed <laughs> to be. Yeah. And the puck goes right back to power. And he, you, you could have almost heard him say, you know, for f**k's sake, I don't want to have to deal with this again. Like, are you serious? As Casey yeah. Zizekas comes flying at him, right. like just absolutely flying at him. And Casey Zizekas definitely leads the NHL in dump ins that get cheered by a home crowd because he's the guy <laughs> like he was doing that all the way through like the trots again. This is a very trotsian thing, especially during right. the playoffs. Like I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm not sure. I mean, obviously the, the whole team does it, but like Zizekas is the guy who he gets that red line. He dumps it in and gets off the ice and everybody goes completely bananas. Like it's just I've been waiting and I've been waiting what we've been yeah. waiting. What? 18 months to be yeah, able to cheer Zach, Zach Parisi get a get a, a red line dump in <laughs> like we want Zach, we want you to know how much like we appreciate you right. and it's it's hard to do it after you score because everyone's cheering and that's it to yeah. be expected but just wait until you get the red line in an important game and you put the puck behind <laughs> the, you, you force those two defensemen to turn around and go ch- chase after it because you're right. gonna hear a, a, a cheer like you've never heard before for a dump in and, and he got one too like he, there was one play where he went like flying through the crease to like chase down a it was like mm. Bobby Orr, except without the goal. Uh, and <laughs> and the crowd like just was totally into it. And, and there was no, there was no like build up to that, I guess, like before yeah. the game. We, like the Islanders got called boring by um, whatever his name is on TNT a couple weeks Isn't ago. That, and then yeah. It, yeah. And then like, you know, here and there people would talk about it. But um, it wasn't like a, a storyline, I don't think, going into the Sabres game. And then it became one. Right. And, and the crowd just, the fan base just. Yeah, you. It felt very much like the New York Saints thing all over again. Yeah, it was like you. The last thing you ever want to do mm-hmm. is give Islander fans a rally and cry. Well, the thing now, is, and now they have it. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like Islanders fans, obviously, we're known now for the the whole Tavares thing and like yelling and screaming and getting a little bit carried away online in particular. But like, we are a very smart crowd. Like, what other crowd? You know, here we are joking about it, but it's true. Like, what other crowd is going to recognize the importance of that dumping? And the importance of taking time off the clock when you have the lead and playing strong defense. Like, no, very few other crowds are going to react that way. Like, we understand it, you know? It's like, so why wouldn't we want to do that? We we know what our team is, and we know, and we like what our team is. 
So why wouldn't we, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. Like not a lot, of, a lot of crowds would do that. They might be, they might boo and be like, Ooh. and then meanwhile, the players would be like, uh, we're trying to hold on to a lead here. So <laughs> what the hell are you booing us for? And yeah, you go into other markets like, oh, you know what? They are such smart hockey fans in, mm. in Detroit or wherever. And like, right. yeah, maybe, but like they are here too. We're not just like some foaming at the mouth, you know, right. crazy people <laughs> hur- hurling uh, plastic snakes at anyone coming in. It's, it's, it's only the people who deserve it. Right. <laughs> who, well, that's, like, that's the other yeah. thing too. It's like they, oh, they don't like when people leave is another freeze thing. Uh, no, just one guy. Everybody else yeah. gets cheered. Look at Kyle Oposo got cheered before that game uh, against yeah. the Sabres and he left like whatever, six years Seven, ago. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, but the, that being a part of that again was great because it felt yeah. like everybody in the crowd was on the same page and it felt like the team was on the same page. And my seats are, um, they're like up in the 300s behind the goal. The Islanders shoot it twice at. And so I had a full view of their, their neutral zone mm. trap and just seeing Bo Horvat, like the Islanders <laughs> would get off for a change. Like the Sabres would have the puck deep in their own zone as they were changing too. And just watching the, the Bo Horvat, Anders Lee and, mm. you know, Simon Holmstrom or Pierre Angle, whoever's out with them at the time, just set up the neutral zone trap was just so great it was so great to have that back it it really felt like one of those uh like a movie where someone's almost becomes too like famous or whatever maybe Mm. like brink you ever you ever see brink the disney channel original movie and and uh uh, it's like about inline skating teams and it's great but 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 the premise is like brink is really good and Mm. and the really good inline skating team wants him to join them and then he realizes like no i do i'm i'm i belong with with mm. these kind of outcasts and and mm. that's kind of what the seasons felt like a little bit where it's everyone everyone's told us yeah. you know like you guys you might have had a little success but you you're going to want to try to play hockey like the rest of us here in the NHL where everyone's scoring uh scoring's up and comebacks are crazy and and we listened to them yeah. and that was our fault and we shouldn't <laughs> have because we needed to stay true to the right. to what our identity is which is yeah. Uh, just getting the puck deep and making life a living hell on whoever has their back turned to the onrushing four checker. That uh, that movie sounds like every other episode of Cobra Kai, where somebody always is like, "No, I want to be with the other team," and they go back to the other team. That's the whole thing. Uh, I will say this before we move on about the whole ESPN Islanders boring thing. Like, first of all, if people at TNT and ESPN think the Islanders are boring, dude, do us a favor and don't put them on your damn network. Like we don't want, you're not doing, you're not helping us by putting the games on your network. Like we don't want them there. Leave us, leave our games where they belong on MSG with Brendan (laughs) and Butch and Shannon and Thomas Hickey and occasionally Alan Fearing, right? Like that's it. Those are our people. And we got all of them on one bro. Oh no, Shannon was out. But like having Alan with that, like it was, what a, what a treat Alan Fearing. What a treat, yeah. And, and like, we don't need the games on ESPN. All right. And I know nobody's listening to this that can make that happen, but really seriously, nobody asked you guys to put our team on. Maybe there's there'll be like one minute. They're like, Oh, how come there's no Islanders games on here? But then that will go away. Right. That's in September. They'll go away. And then nobody will complain about it because we don't have to hear this kind of crap. The second thing is like, I am not a network executive. Okay. I am not a shareholder. I don't work at the NHL or at the Islanders, but like I've been a customer and a viewer for many, many years. and. I can't imagine there's a handbook anywhere in the network executive training facility or whatever that says the number one way to increase your viewership and retain customers is to insult those customers whenever you put their their favorite product on TV. Like what? Like I'm an Islanders fan, right? We're all Islanders fans. Why are we? We're watching the game on ESPN because our team is there. We're forced to watch our team play on this network that is foreign to us, right? And in 
in like return for that, we get insulted. This team is boring. There's we're snoring. We're we're making jokes. We're like you know pretending to be asleep. It's Ryan Kelly. Oh, isn't this hilarious? It's going on on Twitter. Yeah, man, that's hilarious. That's my f-ing team, dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> why, why on God's green earth would I watch this channel if you're making fun of my team? Like, what? what like, what? Are, what are we doing here? Like, why would you do that? And no other team gets this. No other team gets no. insulted this way. And I mean, not again. I, I don't know if this will ever happen or anything. But like, if they put other Islanders games on TNT or ESPN, why would we even watch them? I just don't like and being it's not insulted. Original. I know. <laughs> That's the thing that kills me. Like, right. I think one one thing Islander fans don't get enough credit for is like you you take a look around Islanders Twitter and mm. there are some sharp witted people right. that just crack me up on a daily basis. Like every day, <laughs> just there's uh, it's just it's it's great. I mean, they're they're these are funny people. They're original. Mm. Like they're not yeah. they're not just quote tweeting the Islanders final score saying you know a bunch of z's like they are they are doing their research on you know it's like when martin mm. martin brodor went to tampa that in that playoff race and they were like holding up uh those the pictures of like the woman he had an affair with mm. that was he was really um was like a sister-in-law or something i don't know yeah whatever it was so people did their research and whatever happened at this point and um you know it, it's that kind of stuff whereas like mm. this is just third third grade level humor from right. from people who are no who are supposed to be the right the on-air talent like colorful yeah colorful right. personalities on tv like right no, these like, are the people right these are the people that have been given this platform because of their personalities yeah and they come up with the laziest shit you could possibly imagine it's the rick DiPietro 15-year contract thing all over again. right like, yeah that's, <laughs> and i was thinking about rick too during that was because you know he's been on espn and stuff and mm. Um, you know, I just wonder like what he would be like in, in if he was there for that and uh in the studio. But uh, uh, instead, instead they have like Mark Messier, who's just, I mean, out I to lunch. Is I don't know, I don't know if Mark Messier can name fifteen players in the league right now that aren't wearing Rangers or Oilers jerseys. Right. Um, and and or it's like that and the and Chelius, like, mm. and, or it's Callahan and and Subban and. There's nothing redeeming about it because they can't yeah. come up with funny like. Right. Y- you could give I I could if you wanted people to make fun of the Islanders like just you should, you, should, you could ask any Islander fan and be like mm. oh man sure like w- w- what like w- where do you want to start <laughs> like mm. with this team right. like we could we could go down the list if you want uh and and talk about what like whatever and and mm. get into like the layers of of things rather than just calling them the the uh kind of the b word from their bubble run like that was three years ago that they were called boring and then everyone started to kind of appreciate it a little bit when they went to the conference final because they were playing the lightning right uh in in a seven game terrific series that nobody called boring even though every game kind of played out that way Mm. and meanwhile all i hear is like when the minnesota wild i think at before uh a game last week where they i think it was a 5-4 loss or something had gone under in like the their over under in eleven straight games and had like forty one total goals in that time frame and everyone's like man this team mm. they're just collecting points they're doing everything they can like they're they found who they are mm. it's like is that boring or is that just yeah. you know whatever it's just and it's yeah. I really didn't think we were gonna have to um do this like rehash this whole thing again yeah 
with 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 it because I find it to be so uh, beneath our level of humor. And most people uh, mm. who who are on Islanders Twitter and and in the Islanders kind of fan base, like you're a lot funnier than than these people calling the Islanders boring, and you're a lot more clever than them. Um, and so we have to like punch down almost to be like, do I want to engage with someone who's, who's doing the, the hockey equivalent of like sticking their thumb on their nose and going, nah, 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 yeah. at, at the Islanders? Like, right. I guess I do, but I, I don't know. I realize the irony in insulting the guys that are doing this insulting <laughs> for the Islanders, you know, like they're insulting the Islanders and we're insulting them and it goes back and yeah. forth. But again, I get back to what I said and it's basically what you just said now too. Like, why are, why are the Islanders the only team that gets this treat? Yeah. Like, why are we the only ones that are literally get insulted on national television? And, and I had time in my life at, on yeah. Tuesday night watching <laughs> Tell them, me about it. Like, that bubble run was it, real, real, you know, people that know about that team know that that team was anything but boring. Like, they were literally, so, they, were, they were playing the exact style that is popular on hockey Twitter, that entire bubble run. Like, they were literally mm-hmm. chewing through teams. But but again, the Islanders are the only ones that get that get made fun of. Like I, I and really... thir- what happened Thursday night too? Like <laughs> all right, yeah. So perfect segue to Thursday night. So it's you know all right. So they're in Pittsburgh. They've beaten the Penguins two times last week. Took a big head out of the Penguins. You know, playoff push themselves. It's it Lee scores on the opening you know uh, period on the power play, but then it ends it within two seconds. It feels like it's three one Penguins, right? And they're going into the third period, and it looks like. Well, this is it. The Penguins are going to have this one in the bag. Nope. Fashing again. He's making this diving play. I don't know if it was a backhander or what, but incredible diving play makes it 3-2. Then it's Anders Lee with a minute and 15 left, standing in front, um, slap shot, redirect right through the legs. Now, I'm not taking anything away from either one of these two guys, but these were some really, really soft-ass goals. Like, And if you look at it again, especially Fashing's, like, Tristan Jari was literally falling to the ice when when J- he clearly didn't think Jari uh, Fashing was going to take a shot. He didn't, you know, and the Fashing didn't even really shoot. Like the puck just sort of glided off of his stick blade and between and and off to the side where Jari was not square to. And then Lee's too. Like Lee barely got just the tightest, you know, the smallest touch on it, and it went through his legs. And again, no offense to those two guys because those are great. Those are great deft plays. And as I said. To my wife, when Anders Lee scored, I'm like, I could kiss this guy. Like, I just love him so much. Sometimes he's just a beast, right? Um, and they go to overtime, and the Islanders have the better play of overtime. Kyle Palmieri gets a breakaway, misses the net. Uh, Ricard Raquel goes around the Islanders' net. Ilya Sorokin makes a swipe, Billy Smith style, goes right to Brock Nelson for his breakaway, and he makes no mistake and scores. And I just literally sat on the, my couch, and I laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed for five <laughs> solid minutes. So my daughter came down and was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I, I don't even know if I can explain so much. why yeah, not. So, like, so much. It was uproariously funny. Like it's just the whole thing. Uh-huh. And it makes their wins this weekend really irritating because, you know, you were hoping that right. they would just completely go into a funk and just a cocoon of, of sorrow, but hasn't worked out that way. But for one glorious moment, this was the funniest thing that could, and the first ever sweep of the Penguins in Islanders history, 50 years, they managed to get four straight wins over the Penguins or, you know, win every game against the Penguins. It's crazy. But I mean, I guess that was a signature win, but maybe because we're never going to forget. Like it's just somewhat so funny. Yeah. It was a huge game too. Now that you consider hindsight of the fact that they laid an egg on Saturday. Um, but that, 
that game was there was a point in that game about you know 35 minutes in where i was just like trying to name the islanders that were playing well outside of sorokin <laughs> the, the only one i could yes yeah, it was parisi and, <laughs> and sebastian aho who by the way has been superb hmm. uh lately I can't. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm, I'm still shocked that they signed him to a two year deal at the beginning of this in there in the offseason, like that two year minimum. I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't even think this guy was coming back. Um, <laughs> I'm still surprised. And right. uh, I don't even know if they did, if they he just showed up and was like, no, I'm, you know, it's like, what are you doing here, Sebastian? You, you, <laughs> didn't, you didn't play. You, you weren't mm. you're not, you don't play for this team. He's like, no, nah, just going to skate around. And the Islanders are like, all right, whatever. We'll see. And uh, yeah, he's been he's been really good. Him and, and Alex Romanov. I think the past month or so have both taken their games to to new levels uh, that I was not expecting. Uh, and speaking of not expecting, like that comeback, I know never saw that one coming. And yeah. even with the context of the Islanders had just done it twice to Pittsburgh, <laughs> um, and when uh, Fashing scored, and by the way, it shouldn't be lost on people that Hudson Fashing is just in this lineup every night, and this guy. You know, if if there, there was always that criticism of Lou that he he wasn't getting the guys like Gar Snow did, the uh, Keith O'Coins or Colin McDonald type players that that turned into contributors after you know journeyman careers, and um, Fashing might be the one that right that that you know ticks that box for Lou. But uh, yeah, like. He, it's funny that that he scored that goal against Buffalo and they scored against Pittsburgh. And I thought maybe he'd start to get the uh, the treatment of you see journeyman players like him get like the, here's a guy who just never stuck and people will start saying like oh you know how what a great story this is and instead mm. you know I don't think anyone knows who he is still <laughs> but that's fine uh, he's just one of the uncles now who's he's becoming one pretty pretty quick he's like he's like Andrew's like little brother I guess yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah he's, he's like new. yeah but and, I mean. Uh, 11 points in 35 games, now two huge goals. Huge goals. That's the and, thing. Like. And he's, you know, Cal Clutterbuck, God love him, has been hurt for large portions of the last couple of seasons. And now yeah. they have a guy who literally can play the same exact game, who is, what, 10 years younger than he is? So, um, yeah. I mean, they need to re-sign him, as far as I know. <laughs> he yeah, really he's, should. Uh, and, and when he scored that goal, I was like, you know, what a tease. I didn't think they were going to score again. and but I. Then I start to think, you know, if I was a Penguins, if you were, if the, if the roles were reversed and you were, the Islanders were up and the Penguins just scored that goal five minutes left, you, you would, I would have thought there's no way they're not scoring the third. Right. They're not, there's no way they're not tying this game up. Um, mm. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, and uh, was that their first six on five goal where it tied up a game? I know they had it, scored one yeah. against a meaningless one against uh, Vancouver. It feels uh, that way. And in fact, my friend Gio, shout out Gio, texted me. I think that's the first time I've ever seen them score with an empty net. I texted back. I'm sure it feels that way. I, yeah. I don't remember the last time that's ever happened, but it was the first time it was, it was like a competent setup too. And, yes. and, and honestly, a lot of that was Aho who, who yes. kind of just calmed everything down at the middle of the point. And um, they, they kind of, I think Noah Dobson's running into some trouble in that spot where yeah. you're the kind of string puller at the top of the umbrella. Um, and Aho did a great job on that one to to just not force one through. And then I actually kind of was upset when Dobson made that play <laughs> right away uh, because I was like, "What is he trying to do? Force it through all that?" But yeah, the, the the touch by Lee and then the celebration, 
uh, yeah. was just awesome. Yeah. And then the, that Sorokin play, man. I mean, yeah, that's been getting a lot of play online. And uh, Butch was in his all, all his glory. Like, oh, my God, I haven't seen oh, that play yeah. since, you know, 1982 or something. Butch was awesome that whole game. He's like, break away. <laughs> when yeah. he, he noticed that Nelson was going to score. Yeah. Butch is just, I think Butch is just, he, this is his let, let your hair down. Like, he, yeah. he always lets his hair down, obviously. But <laughs> this is go for broke. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it was a lot more like, oh, like kind of like Tony Romo style. Oh, you know, just like yelling in the middle of a game uh, for Butch this year, for sure. But and especially uh, in that game. Yeah. One one thing I just, it's, we you just got to say it about Sorokin. Obviously, he's amazing. But the thing that I think not pe- when people just talk about uh, how good the uh, Sorokin is, what doesn't get mentioned is he's he's so good. He's so good that the Islanders played terrible that game. Yeah. And that the they were just were never out of it. Hmm. And that's to me like the difference, right? Like between having right. a guy like Sorokin and a guy like Tristan Jari. Like <laughs> if the if the Penguins don't have it, yeah. you're screwed. Because yeah. your goalie maybe once a season is gonna be able to keep you in it. Yeah. Whereas like Sorokin, it's it's just part of his job description is uh just keep these guys in it until yeah. until they can figure it out and uh he's done it like they just don't get they rarely get blown out when he's in goal because they could play as bad as as they they did in that mm. middle 30 minutes of that game and he uh he was able to just keep them in and yeah yeah i'm not, I'm not gonna to say I, about him no definitely and i'm not gonna say i sat here and, and saw the comeback but at the same time going into that third period i was like the penguins have outplayed the islanders but it is only three one Yep, and it won't take much to come back, and that—that's all Sorokin. Like that's all—that's yes. all him, basically. And so. and you know, it's in the back of the Penguins' mind too, which is nice. And mm. there's a couple things like just imagining imagining Sidney Crosby driving home from that game, just thinking <laughs> two two things: one, he, that he hates the Islanders, which is great, and two, he's probably a little jealous that he's not an Islander right now because like that I that mean, the way that they they've been playing is right, just chalk you know right. right up his alley where it's mm. we over me and stuff and. uh yeah. Since the trade deadline, it's been so great to watch the Penguins kind of eat their own. Like you had the fire Hextall chance. Yeah. People just now realizing that Jeff Carter is old and he's just kind of stopped doing anything, you know, and, and uh, a lot of the roster. And then they went out and they acquired like uh, Michael Granlund and, and all these other old guys, Kulikov and people like, what are we even doing here? And uh, it's the, the funny thing is like they, the Penguins have gotten to a point where they think that anybody who puts on the uniform gets like superpowers, sort of greatest American hero style. Like they just, it's just the uniform. Now you guys, oh, now we got Dmitry Kulikov. Now he's going to stop playing. Now he's going to start playing great as opposed to the other 60 games he played this season where he was pretty lousy and or mediocre. Like it doesn't really work that way. And the reason they think that is because they've been literally getting high off their own farts since 2005. Like they just, they're so ingrained into their own culture and their own mystique that they can't see anything beyond any of you know what's actually happening. And so that's why I'm mad that they won these two games this weekend because nothing is better than watching this team realize, oh my God, we're not that good. Like <laughs> it doesn't happen that often. But the Islanders have made it happen four times this year, at least four, you know. So we should we should we, really thank the Islanders for that. And dude, Jerry stinks, man. He's, he's just oh, he's the Islanders are just living in his head. It's great. I know. It's, he's and, He's he just constantly gives up the most backbreaking goals at the worst possible times every single time. It's insane. 
it's like he does it on purpose. It's like a shit. Right? <laughs> like he's like, this it wasn't a funny guy. Um it, there's there's something that uh was asked to us at a, a mailbag episode last season or in the off season about like at this point in your life, do you actually where do you put like the odds that you'd ever see the Islanders win a Stanley Cup? And that question like kind of cut deep mm. to the core, obviously, because <laughs> you, I, I hadn't really thought about it in a while because the Islanders were having success, and I was like, wow, this is it might actually happen. Mm. Um, but one thing that I never thought would happen in my lifetime was the Islanders just owning the Penguins, <laughs> the Crosby right. Penguins, I should say, right? Mm. And they do. I mean, you think back the last five years and yeah, a, play, a playoff sweep a 4-2 series win in in just a, a soul-sucking way. And then now this regular season series sweep and mm. Latang, Malkin, Crosby, and uh, you know, you could throw Gensel in there and Brian Rust and you know, we'll bring Mark Fondre Fleury in for this one too. Like those guys have caused us so much strife um mm. you know, 15 years ago for for a long mm. chunk of time so to to watch them skate off the ice mm. upset. It's just yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I just see a tweet now. What a weekend for the Penguins. Four crucial points, blah, blah, blah. Very quietly. This team is 7-1-1 one, and one in their past nine games. Yeah. You know who the 1-1 one and one are? The Islanders. <laughs> just so you know. Don't forget that. Um, before we move on, real quick, uh, I have a correction to make. Hudson Fashing, not drafted by the Sabres, was actually drafted by the Kings. And he got traded to Buffalo uh, with Nick Delorier for blah, 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 Braden McNabb, I guess, and, that, uh, and Eric Chernak, uh, but was developed by, by Buffalo. Still part of his master plan to to take down the Sabres from the inside. Um, real quick, just very briefly, we I guess we got to talk about Saturday's clunker against Washington. Again, it was a 5-1 game. Cal Clutterbuck came back. Pierre Engvall scored, but that's about all that's notable there. Um, you know, Varlamov did what he could, but the Caps had their way with the Islanders' defense. The last couple were kind of on him. Some Somebody had a shot. Um, Nick Dowd's goal off the Pullock turnovers. Like, what are you going to do? Mantha, you know, was left alone by himself on the side of the net. So, you know, he wasn't great. He wasn't good, but he, you know, you can't really blame him all that way, all the way. But um, hopefully, that's just an anomaly. Hopefully, you know, the emotional wins over the Sabers and Penguins kind of, you know, led to a bit of a letdown there. But um, I, my fear. And I'm sure you're thinking it, and I'm sure other people are thinking it too, is that reintegrating Cal Clutterbuck into the lineup may end up, and eventually this is going to happen with J.G. Pajot and eventually with Matt Barzell as well, even if it's towards the end of the season, you know, might upset the chemistry that this sort of, you know, makeshift lineup had found. Because again, they they had had a really good couple of weeks together. So I don't know, maybe I might be reading a little too into things. Cal was great. Like he was, he was Cal Clutterbuck. He looked very, very energized. He was hitting everything that moved Had a couple of scoring chances. He looked fine, but the rest of the team just looked very disjointed. And hopefully that's not a sign of things to come, but uh, you know, they got a couple of days to work it out and you know, they're going to practice. I'm sure out in the West coast. And uh, I don't know. You, you weren't at this game, right? No, like, I hope no. not. <laughs> I, had my, I had my fantasy baseball draft. So I was watching oh, well, there you some go. <laughs> Islander fans. And um, yeah, I think that that thing about Clutterbuck is true. And in, in he almost caught a break by returning before Pajot because right. like, this team was trying to get Otto Koivala out of the lineup. <laughs> uh, it's pretty clear, right? And uh, Although he was okay, actually, in that, that third period against the Penguins. Um, but, uh, yeah, it does feel like we all knew what was going to happen when Clutterbuck got healthy. But 
at the same time, it shouldn't have been like a rush. Or it's like, let's get this guy back in. And mm. uh, if he's coming in for Otto Koivula, whatever, that's fine. That, that's not a big deal. But like, like you said, like they're going to go out West now. And uh, if Pajot comes in, I don't, I know people are like, Oh, you can probably take Holmstrom out and not, mm. it's not a big deal, but it kind of is in the way that Cal Clutterbuck and, and like Simon Holmstrom, sure. Holmstrom is, was he got four goals a season and, and an assist or something is very, very mm. few <laughs> points on his, his ledger, but right. he's, he'd be, I would choose him to play with the, in a top six role over Clutterbuck uh, right now. And I also would, would don't hate Holmstrom in a bottom six role, whereas like Clutterbuck is relegated to that bottom six role. So the versatility is just not there with Clutterbuck. And it is, I think with Holmstrom, uh, and and eventually, like Clutterbuck will come back in the lineup because someone else will go down, right? Yeah. This isn't the Rangers. People people get hurt on the <laughs> Islanders, and and like so, someone's gonna get get hurt. He'll he'll like the timing will kind of just like present itself kind of organically. Yeah. Um, and what it does, it scares me a little bit too. Is like so, Pajot comes back next. Uh, you've already made the room for Clutterbuck, Ko- Koivula, easy swap, nothing. But then the right. question becomes, you know, Holmstrom or the guy you just traded for, Engvall, or and then you're starting to like mess with the rest of the lineup. Whereas we just, we saw some magic from, from Sezikis and fashing right. yeah. this past week. Like we don't need to, we don't need the, the victory lap or the, the, the trip, uh, you know, the tribute lap for, for the best fourth line in hockey right now. Matt Martin's playing arguably his best ho- hockey of his career uh, mm. since Clutterbuck went hurt, got hurt. Like, and, and what's, I'm not saying it's Clutterbuck's fault that, <laughs> or was dragging Martin down at all. Like mm. I'm just, this is just pointing this out. And so he's just, he's not Matt Barzell. Like they shouldn't be, you know, move, move, messing with a mojo of, of a great run to get mm. him in. And it, it does seem a little scary because it does seem like the, the kind of DNA of this team is, is to do that. Like he's, he's obviously a big part of that room. He's, he's, is uh you know, he's, he's basically furniture in there, right? Like he's, he's a huge, <laughs> huge right. part of what they've gone on gone built in this locker room and yeah uh it that is a little scary and and the loss mm. like i was almost alarmed with how unbothered i was by it yeah um and i wish i could say the same i was very bothered by it <laughs> but but I, then after i took a deep breath i was like you know what they've, right. they've done a good they've done well for themselves the last couple of weeks so you know they can kind of afford to lose one here you know and they right and and they it, we're we're having a completely different conversation if they don't come back against Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They're, I mean, you can you can definitely point the fact that they didn't really play all that great against Pittsburgh, and then they didn't play all that great against Washington. Mm. So that's two in a row. But uh, yeah, I'm not. It doesn't become a big deal yet. This yeah. loss, like, we'll <laughs> see. It it depends on how this goes in L.A. and then Anaheim and right. uh, San Jose. It, it can become a big deal pretty quickly, or it could just be a footnote yeah. in, in a season full of mm-hmm. signature wins and signature losses. Now it, that, that capitals loss, let's just hope is just a very, very insignificant uh, to, to the, to the big picture. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we'll pick that up on the other side where we'll talk about that uh, West coast swing and uh, talk a little shit about another uh, division rival that uh, made some news this week. Uh, if you want to hear this episode, Free of the intrusive commercial interruptions that are about to happen, you should head on over to patreon.com slash islandersanxiety, 
where you can get ad-free episodes, bonus podcasts, written posts, discounts, and a ton more. Uh, check out one of our plans. They start as low as two bucks a month, and uh, we'll make it worth your while, we promise. That is patreon.com slash islandersanxiety. Do it today. You won't regret it, I promise. Uh, and we'll be back after this. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And now a word from the good sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. If you spend $50 or more, use the code 4CUPS, all one word, F-O-U-R-C-U-P-S, to get a free The Island coffee mug or pint glass. Okay, If you spend 50 bucks or more, you get a free pint glass. Come on, that's great. Uh, that is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a top 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $50 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinotproject.com. Please drink responsibly. Uh, one last time uh, for Ollie's Angels Animal Rescue Winter Gala, hosted by our friend Jillian Pensavale of Hamilcast and True Crime Obsessed. It's Thursday, March 23rd, so it's next Thursday. Uh, it's at the Pyramont in Babylon. All the proceeds go to the rescue. Uh, it's a cocktail affair, but uh, it's for a great cause. It's, you can find out more at ollysangelsanimalrescue.org. The fine folks of FOCO have done it again. They have a new bobblehead called Line Change. Brent Sutter, Brian Trottier, Dennis Potvan. He's going to be wearing five in the bobblehead. I know it says 29 in the prototype. Don't worry about it. Uh, and you can be, pre-order it today. Go to foco.com. The link is in the description. Uh, get on it because there aren't too many left, okay? It is foco.com. Line Change is the bobblehead. It's a great piece. It's really cool if you're a collector of bobbleheads. Go check it out. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this West Coast swing that's coming up. Uh, Tuesday, 10.30 versus L.A., or in L.A., I should say. Wednesday, 10 in Anaheim. And then Saturday, 10.30 at San Jose. Um, picking up right where we, we left off in the first half, you know, part of what makes this team so kind of maddening and, and draining and exhausting is that any loss feels like it could be the beginning of like a five game losing streak, you know, and knock on wood that that's not exactly what happens here. You could probably hear me knocking on wood through the microphone, but uh, it's uh, you know, if they come away with two out of these three, I think that's pretty good. And I think any team on the West, you know, any Eastern team traveling out West would, would be happy with that. Um, the ducks and sharks are not good. <laughs> they're just simply not good. The Kings are good, but I do think the Islanders could beat them. Uh, again, it's a back-to-back, which the Islanders have sometimes been good at too. So there's a lot that can go on here. If they, like Mike said before, if they come back 0-3, this season might very well be done. 
And that would be hugely disappointing. If they come back three and O look out, like they probably, you know, if the Rangers keep on losing and they've only got one regulation win in their last 12. So it's possible. Uh, they could be battling for third place, <laughs> but if they come back two out of three, um, I think they'll still keep pace. And uh, the team to really watch here. And you and I were talking about this before we came on is the Florida Panthers who play no games until Thursday, which means the Islanders will have played two games before the Panthers play again. And they're the Panthers already have a game in hand on the Islanders. So they're going to have three games in hand on the Islanders by the next time they play on Thursday. That is completely insane. Like, how does that even happen? I don't like, I just, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to say. Like that's the frustrating We just did this with Buffalo. We just did this. And now we're going to have to do it again with Florida. It's crazy. So root for anybody who's playing the Panthers that night. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the funny thing about this playoff race is that it's, I wrote about this in, in uh, the long suffering newsletter, which you can read uh, by signing up for Patreon. And, that it seems like every week we're dealing with like a, a, a different team to worry about. And last week was the Sabres week. Uh, the week before that was Red Wings. Now it feels like Panthers. And the frustrating thing about being in a playoff race like this is that you're kvetching about every little detail. So you're looking at the schedules for every team and, oh man, like they're on the second night of a back-to-back here. And they're on look at the, like, this is a great they're playing the Canadians this night and the Canadians are traveling from you know, Columbus. So you, you start fretting about that. And like, I, I, I just got mad that there, this wrench got thrown in hmm. that the Sabres, I mean, the Panthers are just off for till Thursday. I know they, they played a back to back Friday, Saturday and uh, came back from two, nothing down against the Blackhawks uh, to win in uh, overtime. And then lost in overtime to Winnipeg, but you, then they they I was like, okay, this will probably play again on Tuesday, and the Islanders. That means they'll catch up to the Islanders by the time they take the ice on Tuesday night. And no, the Islanders will have played their seventieth <laughs> game by the time Florida plays again. And I'm pretty sure that Panthers game is against Montreal, so it's not even like a anything to really look forward to. Yeah, they've got Montreal and uh the New Jersey and and on Saturday. So and the Islanders play again on Saturday. So <laughs> like they're gonna come back and still have uh this this kind of weirdness of a team with three games in hand on them this mm. deep this season. That's, uh it's yeah. it's not it's not something that I like you should just be worried about this team's playing tonight and we're playing tonight. Hopefully we win, they lose. Not right. the, the kind of other schedule stuff that's just popped up. <laughs> very frustrating. It's like making up things to worry about and, and throwing them at us. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating. And, and the Panthers are a little – I mean, they're scary. But uh, the fact that the Islanders have the that second game of an advantage, right? Like they have, they have three points, so the Panthers – Need to, mm. and they should have. I think the Islanders have the regulation win and uh, tiebreaker basically over everybody, but the Panthers are the closest. Yeah, the Islanders have 29 regulation wins, Pittsburgh's 25, and Florida's 28. So the fact that the Panthers would have to get results in two games to catch the Islanders gives you a little bit of breathing room. But mm. the fact that 
they, they the Islanders could lose two games before Florida has to play again. God, it's just absolutely right. shouldn't. It's just it's not a not the right way to tr- treat treat anybody. It's ridiculous. Uh, the Kings again right now. It's it's good that they're getting the Kings out of the way early. I think um, they have eighty five points. That's uh, second in the Pacific and second most in the entire Western Conference. They picked up. Um, uh, Ilya Corpusalo, not Ilya, Eunice Corpusalo uh, from Columbus and uh, uh, Ladislav Gavrikov. I want, I want to call him Dennis Gavrikov, but Ladislav Gavrikov from Columbus. Because of the, Dennis uh, Grabeshkov. Oh, there you go. I, of course. Uh, in the um, now infamous Jonathan Quick trade, Jonathan Quick, by the way, is playing for Vegas and apparently playing quite well. So that'll be a fun one to watch if they get to the playoffs together. Uh, the Ducks and Sharks are both uh, last. The Sharks are last in the West. and. The Ducks are third to last in Chicago in between the two of them. Um, we Look, we all know that doesn't mean anything. Like, that doesn't mean – that means those numbers mean absolutely nothing when it comes – when the Islanders roll into town. They can make any team, no matter how bad, look like world all-stars. And hopefully that doesn't happen here. I mean, the Sharks have 19 wins. Like, they, the Islanders really need to get points there and uh, with the Ducks too. So, yeah, the Ducks one is tough because they're on a back-to-back. And uh, they do have Trevor Zegras, the most famous guy in the NHL that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, so that'll be, and the Sharks did not trade Eric Carlson, who's having a Norris Trophy type season. Uh, so um, you know, none of these, neither of these games are gimmies, even though two of these are two of the worst teams in the league. But uh, like I said, it's just the worst. And I mean, you said it even better. Like just having their season hang by a thread. Because of a Western Conference Ugh. swing would or California swing would be the worst thing ever, and then and we've seen them sweep California too. I mean that's yep. uh, you know that's not out of the question either. So it's going to mean a lot. This week is going to mean a lot, even though these teams are ones that they only play twice a year. <laughs> you know, it's not the Penguins and Sabers and uh, even the Caps, but uh, yeah, it's going to be you know, we're going to be a lot of late nights and bleary eyes later. So let, let's hope they make us. Let's hope they don't make us regret staying up till one o'clock on a. Yeah thursday morning uh for this so please yeah, that, that king's <laughs> game is 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 horrifying not just because they're good but like because right. the ducks are terrible and obviously the sharks are terrible but mm. if things don't go well against los angeles then all of a sudden you're like yeah this team sucks but the islanders <laughs> are in a must-win spot like and it doesn't matter who they are like they could be playing like a, mm. a, a a midgets team from uh you know from from the greater toronto gthl the, right. you know the, the team the team that john Tavares and sam Gagnier famously mm. own i don't know if it's a midget or a mite team that they they got but it doesn't matter uh, it wouldn't matter because right. you know you'd still it, mm. it 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 just would be so scary that they yeah. now are in a must-win spot yeah. and uh playing against a team with nothing to lose and mm. yeah so the the back-to-back staying up late is gonna be mm. We're right there with them. Like we're <laughs> we're we're putting in the, the hard shifts. We're dead of the puck deep, yeah, as well, and, and trying our best to 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 not fall asleep when uh, these boring Islanders play. <laughs> that is true. Um, a funny note I just noticed: uh, the Islanders actually have a better goal differential than the Kings do. Islanders plus nine, Kings plus seven. So take that for what you will. Speaking of the boring Islanders, I completely forgot to mention this before. So the Caps game was a disaster, but uh, there were a lot of celebrities at that game, which was pretty impressive. <laughs> it was Brian Trottier bobblehead night. So Brian Trottier was there and his entire family was there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, not only was AEW world champion and Plainview, Plainview Long Island native, the salt of the earth, man who is better than you and you know it, 
Maxwell Jacob Friedman was at the game, but we just found out today that internationally renowned singer, songwriter, and possible tax cheat Shakira was also at the game. Like Shakira was at the like, why is Shakira at an Islanders game? What? Why? You're telling me Shakira doesn't have anything better to do than it's to go hilarious. to an Islanders game? It's crazy. It's I, I would show that to my wife. She's like, is that Shakira? Like, yes. <laughs> why was she at the game? I don't know. I, I why? Here's- well. And that's how you guys respond by playing that terrible game in front of all these games, people. You don't think yeah, Shakira anti, has other things to do? Right. The anti hold steady effect. The, the whole steady yeah, show yeah. up. The Islanders. <laughs> the Islanders go nine three and three since they've yeah. been in the building. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, we we do we give them flack for for these random celebrities from either like <laughs> whatever episode of Law and Order SVU right. was on the night before or, or coming up that night to the to the random like in, Instagram accounts. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, then you get someone like Shakira. <laughs> Who's like more, much more famous than the Islanders are? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah so, it's uh, yeah, that's that, a very random. Yeah, that one. <laughs> there's, there's, there's some that that'll that like just go down in in history. These these mm-hmm. random Islander celebrity cameos. Yeah, where they they make you crack up and you think and like like Hideki Matsui is one that I always bring <laughs> up when he was there. And, uh, right. Colin Powell obviously yeah. is the other like another one famous one and now Shakira gets added to that list I think oh definitely yeah, yeah it's gonna be a great you know a great when they have alumni night for for celebrity cameos when it's the hold steady Shakira yeah. and Col- <laughs> Colin Colin Powell I don't right. know if he's even still with us and and Hideki Matsui uh in yeah. at the uh some some random catering mm-hmm. hall in Woodbury it's uh, <laughs> Sh- Shakira is like a uh, one of those Twitter accounts, like random aisles picture. Like she's one of those waiting to happen. Like yeah, just Shakira yeah. is there. So, uh, but you know, I, as I said to my wife before, I'm like, Shakira's hips don't lie. And this is how the Islanders play in this game. That's terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, MJF is an Islanders fan. Like he's used to this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, Shakira probably had no idea what she was getting into. And she had to sit next to Carson Daly apparently too. So I'm sure he was no help. But. Yeah. What, what is that? That's like a weird one too. Cause he just, is, he's there a lot. Yeah, he's like a random. I guess he just kind of shows up where people are. So I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I hope Shakira can come back and they can play a better game because that was terrible. Maybe she's a yeah, catch Imagine, imagine she went to the Buffalo game instead. Right. And she's oh like, man, Jesus Christ, that was nuts. Like, I mean, she was married <laughs> to a player from Barcelona for a while, so she's yeah. seen some some interesting, you know, atmospheres right. at soccer matches. But like, and then Shakira can become the Islanders' Margot Robbie. Who's always? The, <laughs> I don't know. Is Margot Robbie even at Rangers games anymore? I don't even know. Don't but know. Uh, yeah, so that that kind of thing. So there you go. Well, anyway, thank you for coming, Shakira. We wish the game <laughs> was better for you. But what are you gonna do? Uh, okay. Uh, last thing, real quick. Uh, so the Flyers fired their general manager this week, Chuck Fletcher, and they have named former Flyer Daniel Briere as this interim GM. If you don't think he's getting the job, man, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and this is, of course, hilarious. Actually, he was having a press conference this morning when I woke up. It was already going on because. Thanks, Daylight Savings Time. I woke up a little bit later than I expected to. But, um, you know, he was talking about, oh, we, you know, we might need to do a rebuild here. And I think I think somebody else was like, well, let's pump the brakes a little bit there. Um, it's just funny, funny to me. And, of course, this became a huge topic on 32 Thoughts in particular, where they, they, they love to dive into Flyers stuff. And they treat the Flyers as if it's, you know, 1977 and, like, they matter. Um, but, and I just love the way Elliot Friedman said, don't be surprised if Eric Lindros ends up on a potential list of, of front office hires. And I'm thinking to myself, why would I be surprised that Eric Lindros would get hired by the Flyers? That's all they do. That's the whole point. That's the problem. They only hire other old Flyers. In fact, there's there's no general manager that like runs the Flyers. This is a, like a, a well-kept secret. 
it's actually a council of old flyers that all get together around like a an eternal flame and they're all wearing orange robes and they just kind of conjure the spirits of old flyers to give old uh, give jobs to uh and then they all go oh we need more we need more toughness what's going on here why can't we win i just don't know what's going to happen here all i know is that it's fun to watch them flounce around and uh i look forward to daniel briere getting blamed for whatever goes wrong with the flyers uh next season so it'll be a lot of fun uh i just i just love that that we were talking about this too in, in like one of our our uh you know text chats about like could you imagine if the Islanders only ever hired old Islanders as general managers? Like, <laughs> like obviously Garth Snow is obviously the first one, but like, who, like who else? I mean, I guess Tom Fitzgerald, maybe, I don't know. He's, he's out there, but like Bill Guerin, but like still none of these guys were nearly as bad as some of the people that have run the flyers. Like I don't understand like, hiring these guys, find somebody else, dude. It's not hard, but I guess it they, is. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's been funny to follow this kind of demise, which is, been going on now for two seasons i would say and uh the way that the flyers are talked about like they're this john jewel franchise yeah yeah like (laughs) the islanders have won four stanley cups i think since the flyers one of the islanders i haven't won a stanley cup in my lifetime and i'm 33 so uh (laughs) like this is not a team like the penguins have made the playoffs 16 seasons in a row the capitals i think have finished first or second in the division in 12 out of 13 or Mm. something like that like the, the fires are th- those two things are directly correlated to the flyers not being good because they're in the same division <laughs> right like like this is not this right. the island this is this is like talking about the columbus blue jackets being like right. ah, like e- e- this is just a team falling on some tough times right now mm. like sh- who th- can bring the luster back to the columbus blue jackets <laughs> like, wait what are you talking about there was a part where they were talking on 32 thoughts or Jeff Marrick show where they, they referred to the Flyers as like the Yankees. <laughs> and they were talking about it in the context of signing Ilya Prisgalov, who, right. of course, we all loved. And hmm. as a character, like you want to get someone on ESPN to, to say some funny stuff, get the guy who hmm. absolutely dragged Edmonton for being right. cold. Like, yeah, why, why you have to be mad? mad? <laughs> like, that is funny, right? Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that the, 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 the reverence for some of these teams i don't know what what are maybe we're living in the in a different reality or something where like and and these teams like the flyers have won multiple stanley cups in the mm. past decade and so and the leafs have exercised their demons and and stuff like this is not because because the one that i the reality i live in these things don't happen and right. they just get talked about like they 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 did happen and it it drives me up a wall um but yeah it's it it it, it's nice because they're in our division so at the very least you can feel pretty good about the the flyers being dysfunctional for a little bit longer uh which means that they won't be good and and having john tortorella be the uh kind of Mm. face of everything is just a, a really nice uh Mm. kind of touch uh around it and and congrats to congrats to Kiefer bellows uh for his second ah. goal of the season for all the That's... people that were like i can't believe this team is taking mm. away an offensive player and just put it giving away for free mm. um yeah he's yeah. got two goals he, he tried to do his part to help the islanders to help the flyers beat the penguins on saturday but uh too little too late Thanks, thanks, Keith. We we appreciate that. But yeah, so it was almost a perfect metaphor for his Islander career. That goal, <laughs> like, oh yeah, he scored a goal for the Flyers, and it was completely meaningless for the Islanders. Yes, it yes, had but... potential 
to be a big one, but it ended up being absolutely meaningless. <laughs> but uh, maybe he's the key to the whole new Flyers rebuild under Daniel Briere. We'll see what happens. <laughs> maybe maybe he'll end up coaching when they fire torts for whatever reason to bring in some other old flyer or whatever. But anyway, I just found it funny that it's like, okay, well, what flyer are they bringing in now? Oh, it's Daniel Briere. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So after that, I guess it'll be, I don't know, somebody on the current, but Claude Giroux, I guess it'll be next. Who knows? Yeah, oh yeah. He's next. Yeah. He'll, right. he'll be Giroux. Um, I think they mentioned Pronger. Well, oh yeah. Pronger too. Yeah. It was the other one. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know who I wonder about? Like you guys can, can name any, any flyer you want. Like, Maybe they're just going to take Jeff Carter off the ice during the Penguins game. <laughs> Make him GM. There you go. Have fun. And uh, yeah, so there you and, go. And the one, the one former flyer that they didn't reach out to is Gar Snow, I guess. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, the only guy who's got actual experience doing this whole thing, but uh, I don't know. I don't. I think he's still cashing checks from the Islanders, so yeah. he probably ain't get. It. Maybe this summer we'll see him uh, go somewhere else. But as far as I know, I think he's still he's still got that severance going on. So. He doesn't need to do a goddamn thing. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. If I didn't have to, I wouldn't either. So there you go. Uh, okay. Uh, so um, just a couple of things real quick. Uh, we put out an episode of Weird Islanders, a podcast last week with Sean Cuthbert of Hockey Night New York. It was about two guys who you may have heard of, Roberto Luongo and Kevin Weeks and the wild day in which they both got traded. Uh, it's a great episode. Sean's a great guy. And uh, so check that out uh, and listen to Hockey Night New York if you haven't, if you don't already. It's on Twitch and YouTube uh, and it's always great. Um, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. Sign up for one of our tiers. You get ad-free episodes and all kinds of extra stuff. Uh, if you were one of the first 25 people to sign up, your pucks have been already put in the mail. You may have already received them. Uh, let's see some pictures if you if you got them because uh, they're pretty awesome. I got mine right here. The pucks are courtesy of VintageIceHockey.com. Use the code 4CUPS. Get yourself a free The Island coffee mug or pint glass when you spend $50 or more. Always shop VintageIceHockey.com and The Pinot Project. Uh, Michael Leboff, any final thoughts on the West Coast swing coming up uh, and the Islanders' place in the uh, playoff picture right now? Yeah, no, it's it's we we did a good job, but it's it's one of, it's going to be one of those funny things where, um, uh, you when you're like, when you would get up early with like a kid or something, and you just feel so alone. It feel it feels like that when you're watching like these late night games alone in your bed, yeah. like on 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 mute, so you're not waking up anybody else in the house, and then then you get like a, a Twitter DM from someone complaining <laughs> about like a call a bad call or just mm. like making a joke. Uh, or getting pumped up because Hudson Fashing just scored again or something. Yeah, I'm not I'm not alone here at 11:45 Eastern Time watching <laughs> the Islanders play with their season on the line against freaking Trevor Zegris. Uh, yeah, don't worry. You won't be. And and I, I always alone. love when um like the the broadcasters will be like, "Hey, we appreciate you watching. Uh staying up late with us tonight." It's like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, you you have no idea, dude." Yeah. I gotta be on a bus tomorrow. Like, oh my god. Uh, yeah, they're like, get the coffee ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really the coffee, it's just more the I just it's the nerves. It's the nerves, yeah. The coffee's yeah. yeah. Like um, it's it's very different to have nerves at eight o'clock Eastern. Right. Than and and eleven o'clock Eastern. Like Right. Than midnight. Yeah. True. But yeah, but no, you won't be the only one watching. We'll be all we'll all be watching, I'm sure. Uh where can everybody find you on Twitter? The big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read and listen to his work at Action Network. We will be back next week to 
sift through whatever happens this week out on the West Coast. And uh, hopefully it's all good news. Uh, We'll talk to you then. Uh, Thanks a lot for listening and uh, we'll see you then. All right. Bye-bye.